welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bare Roots podcast. Today, we are talking about something really fun, and that is idioms. You know those really weird sayings that you grew up talking about, and it means one thing, but it sounds like a completely different thing? For example, like, why do we say silver lining? You know, like, where does that come from? And today, Shin and I are going to play kind of a little game, if you will. It's going to be an interactive thing. We're going to figure out what it means, you know, to the common folk. And then also, like, where did it come from? Like, what is the origin story? Because for all of these things, they're really not that random. It comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited to be diving into it. So, but before we do, Shannon, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very excited for this episode. I think it's a very, uh, it was very interesting researching the background of the different topics. So Alina and I split up the idioms. So like, I don't know the research behind hers and Alina doesn't know the research behind mine. So we're going to do like a little pop quiz, a little, yeah, playing around. It'll be really fun. I love it. Well, let's get started, right? Without further ado. Okay. So my first one is a silver lining. So Alina, can you tell, tell us of the people? What is, when you say everything has a silver lining, what does that mean? So to me slash I'm pretty sure this is the answer it's like when you're having a bad day right and the skies are gray it's cloudy Mm -hmm. might even be raining there's this one little bit of lining there's like a little ray of sunshine popping through and that is supposed to be our hope that is supposed to be our glimmer of just light essentially. So when someone says like silver lining, they're like, Hey, like, even if something is bad that might be happening to you, there's always going to be a positive. Excellent. A plus you got Thank it. You. you got Thank it. You. The original saying was every cloud has a silver lining and yeah, it just means every situation has something positive in it. And yep. it's a really old saying. It's probably the oldest one that I researched. It's from Mm -hmm. 1634, from a John Milton poem. And I put in a couple lines from the poem. It says, I did not err. There does a sable cloud turn forth her silver lining on the night and cast a gleam over this tufted grove. And there was commentary on that poem that said, when all succor... I don't even know what that word is, <laughs> but it's like, it's very old English where the, you know, when the S's look like F's. Oh, yep. Yep. It has that. So bear with me. But when all this occur seems to be lost, heaven unexpectedly presents the silver lining of a sable cloud to the virtuous. So yes, A plus Alina. Good job. I love it. I didn't realize it came from a poem. It makes sense, yeah. but yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I love it. And this is what I was going to comment on. I did not realize these idioms are from way back when. They're mm. very old. I don't know about yours, all of them, but for mine, they go back and I did not expect it. I thought it'd be a lot yeah. more modern. Yeah. All right. So I realized I took kind of a theme. I did a lot of animals. <laughs> oh, cool. Fun. <laughs> yep. And I, I did animals slash dark. So that's like... Okay. 
what I did. <laughs> okay. The first one is cats out of the bag. So when you hear that, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, when the cat's out of the bag, it means like the secret is known. Like it's, yes. it got loose. And we, when we figured out what topic we wanted to do this week, we were talking about idioms and <laughs> we were talking about cats out of the bag. And I had a theory <laughs> of what it meant, like where it came from. Should uh-huh. I say what my theory is before? Yeah. You tell yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure. Theory. So Alina was like, why is the cat in the bag? Like, what is, whose cat? Like, what cat, what bag? And I'm nervous that the cat is in the bag because they're going to drown the cat <laughs> in the river. I know when, you know, before we were uh, neutering and spading cats, you know, they were proliferating too much and people took it upon themselves and would drown kittens in sacks with like rocks and cat out of the bag. The cat literally gets out of the bag. <laughs> And you got a problem on your hands, but <laughs> I, I'm hoping it's not that. Please let me know. <laughs> yes. Well, let, let's talk about it. Let's see if you're right. So kind of like you, this everything kind of dates back way back when. And back in 1760, there was a book review in the Mon- London magazine where a reviewer complains that he wished the author had not let the cat out of the bag, mm. but... It actually dates even further. So that was like the first written like mm. cat out of the bag. And that was 1760. But apparently this expression dates back to the Middle Ages. What? Yeah. What? So as the story goes, apparently there would be shady livestock vendors in the medieval marketplaces who would often swindle their buyers. So when somebody would purchase a pig, the vendor would sneak a cat into the bag instead, cheating the buyer out of the higher price for a pig. So you it wasn't until the pig, you were receiving a pig in a bag? Yeah, apparently. Like a piglet? <laughs> a piglet, apparently. Okay. Okay. And it wasn't until the buyer arrived home and literally let the cat out of the bag. And then they would realize they've been scammed, hence the phrase, you know, association with like revealing a secret. Oh, interesting. But but there are other theories because, you know, that one does have a loophole. Like, how did no one notice this on their way home (laughs) kind of thing? Um, It's a little bit darker. And it claims that the the expression refer to not what we think, a.k.a. a cat, like a, you know, the animal, a cat, but Mm -hmm. the cat of nine tails, which is a whip made from nine intertwined cords that was used as a form of punishment in the British Royal Navy and oh. in prisons until as late as the um, 1840s. And it was called a cat because the marks it left on its victims resembled scratches. And that's where we get the phrase. So I know I'm kind of double dipping, but cat got your tongue. So it actually comes um. from that interesting Uh, yeah and what's also interesting is that in the dutch and german language there are versions of this phrase that translates to a cat to buying a cat in a bag so i guess it's just always been a thing and it's like people were saying if it's not a pig it might be a rabbit so yeah there's different theories i don't know if it's because of the whip what a cat is or Mm. we're thinking animal 
you know, but it, it really could just be an artsy cat that just got out of the bag. Got out of the bag. That's super fascinating. Right? Who would have thought? I know. But it's also very interesting. Like, I didn't realize cat got your tongue comes from that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds really, really painful. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that it's not drowning kittens. Yeah, it's not drowning kittens. So I guess that's a win. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you might have lost, but the cats won. The cats won. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my next one is also cloud themed. Mm. And this one's a little bit cheating because I think you know what this means now because this was another one we looked up back when we were talking about this topic. But okay. we'll see if you remember. So this is the cloud nine. You know, like I'm on cloud nine. It's like you're at the highest level. You are feeling euphoric. Mm -hmm. Like you are in pure bliss, almost like a heaven vibe. Right, exactly. And I was thinking like cloud nine, why not cloud 10? Like what is cloud nine? I've always thought about this. Why is it nine? And I always second guess myself sometimes because I'm like, how, why do I think it's nine? Because that doesn't make sense logically. Right, right. You think cloud 10, that's, that yeah. must be the highest level. Yeah. Well, it does in fact re refer to levels, but we're going at a more scientific approach. So mm -hmm. this saying goes back to the early 1800s. And it was coined during a time when like scientists and seafarers were first beginning to organize clouds and, mm -hmm. you know, they're starting to look at the shapes and the heights and just like how they appear above the ground level. Mm -hmm. And that's when we get the 10 basic cloud types, cumulus, stratus, stratocumulus, nimbostratus, cumulonimbus, altostratus, altocumulus, Sirius, seriostratus. And serial cumulus. I'm really proud of myself for being. <laughs> you killed it. I'm so glad you picked that and not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting because the the prefix of all those words refers to basically their height. So strato is lowest, and then like cirrus or cirro is highest, which is because they all have like the same back. Uh, like oh. second syllable or whatever yeah yeah but to make it recording the cloud easier they assigned numbers to them as well of like they assigned numbers to the 10 cloud groups and mm -hmm. zero represented the lowest clouds the stratus and then nine was the tallest clouds and that was the cumulonimbus or you know like those are the big thunder clouds those are the ones that look massive in the sky Mm hmm. So cloud nine is literally the largest cloud you can get. Ah, got it. That makes sense. Although yeah, and interesting, they didn't say the biggest one is 10, but okay. I know they still made nine levels. I don't really know why they yeah. like, ended it yeah. there. Maybe well, they just wanted to keep it a single digits. Not right. sure. Right. Mm hmm. Because mm -hmm. they did have zero. So you could have zero. Oh, okay. So, so I guess that could be the 10 if you're not. Yeah. Like they counted zero, which is obviously 
not typical. So that's, that right. is interesting. So nine is almost 10. If you count that Ooh, math is complicated. <laughs> um, I was looking up the Latin name for cumulus and because the, the largest one is cumulus nimbus and cumulus means heaped and nimbus means rainstorm. Hmm. which also made me think Harry Potter, the Nimbus 2000, like <gasps> rainstorm. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. The peaks of these clouds can get crazy high. I was just kind of curious, like what we're dealing with here. Like mm-hmm, where, mm-hmm. where are we at cloud nine? Yep. And they can reach as high as 69,000 feet. Whoa. And just to put that in perspective, Mount Everest is at 29,000 feet. Whoa. So the tallest ever recorded was 75,000 feet. That's more than double the height that we can fly in planes. I was just going to say the flights are what, like 30,000? Yeah, 30, 35. Yeah. Whoa, that's that's crazy because you always fly above the clouds. So to know there is a cloud that's double. Yeah, that's crazy. That's terrifying. Like I didn't, I didn't really yeah. like that. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> that's, that's like much, new fear unlocked. <laughs> new fear unlocked. But that's cloud nine. You're elated. You're on top of the world, literally. Literally. <laughs> okay. Okay. My next one is bury the hatchet. Mm. Like, what do you think it means? Well, I think you probably know, but I feel like it has some sort of Native American ties. Well, okay, mm-hmm. no. I know it means you let bygones be bygones, you yes. forgiveness, yep. and all yep. of that. But yep. I, I feel like it might have Native American origins. Ding, ding, ding. <gasps> you are right. Finally. Yes. <laughs> so, bury the hatchet is an allusion to the practice of throwing weapons after like any hostile situations among the Native Americans. And this was specifically from the Iroquois tribe. And it was very customary to bury weapons once peace was declared. And Mm. I guess the Europeans first became aware of such a thing in 1644. But in terms of actual like written situations, there was an early mention of the practice is to the actual burying the hatchet ceremony. And this guy named Samuel Seawall, who's from Massachusetts, he wrote in 1680 that one of the um, chiefs of the Mohawks, I'm thinking Mohawk Trail, mm-hmm. which occasioned Major Finchon going to Albany, uh, where they were meeting with the tribe and they came to an agreement and buried the two axes in the ground one for the English and another for the Native American tribe. And I just thought that was so interesting. So that's like the first written situation, but yeah. I mean, yeah, nothing says peace like bearing your weapon to presumably not be found again. Yeah, let's put the weapons down. Let's get there. Yeah, nice. Okay. So the next one is the dog days of summer. I love it. It makes me want to sing, but I won't sing for our listeners because you know that song. (laughs) The dog days are over. I'm singing it in like a poetry. (laughs) (laughs) The dog days of summer. That is like 
in my mind, I don't know if it's related to the month, but I feel like it's August and it is just so, so hot. It is hot. Mm -hmm. It might even be humid. It might even be hazy. And we're just lying around because there's nothing else to do, but to just conserve our energy. Exactly. Exactly. Do you know why, or do you have a hazard, a guess as to why we say dog days of summer? Is it because the dogs are just so hot and they're like panting and like the dogs are the laziest in the summertime? I'm picturing it's old school Europeans in the marketplace and like they just have all these stray dogs, Mm. big chilling. You would think that. You would think that that's what the saying is about, but there's like, there's a huge plot twist in this. Well, so... Yeah, most people think that the summer days are so devastatingly hot that even the dogs will just lie around panting. Yep, yep. But originally, the phrase had nothing to do with dogs or being lazy because of summer. You ain't nothing but a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, the dog days refer to constellations. It refers to the constellation Sirius, also Harry Potter reference. Uh, (laughs) But Sirius (laughs) is the brightest star in the constellation of Canis Major, which means big dog in Latin. And Mm -hmm. it's said to represent one of Orion's hunting dogs. So like Orion the hunter in the sky, Orion's belt. He has a couple dogs. One of them is Sirius, who's the brightest. Okay. And to the Greeks and the Romans, the dog days occurred around the time that Sirius appears right along, like appears to arise alongside the sun. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that happens to be late July in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm telling you, I said August. Yeah, you did. You did. Oh they God. believe that the heat of the star and the sun created the hottest days of the year. Huh. It was like a period that could bring fever and even catastrophe, which like I never thought of that as the dog days of summer as anything bad. I just thought of it as like, it's so hazy, hot and humid and lazy. Yep. Yep. So if you go back as far as Homer and the Iliad, and it's referring to Sirius as a star that's being associated with war and disaster, the dog, the phrase dog days was translated from Latin to English about 500 years ago. And since then, it's been taking on new meanings. Mm-hmm. But actually, interesting enough, since then, since like Greek and Roman times, constellations uh-huh. have shifted a little bit because the Earth is always, you know, moving and tipping and mm-hmm. everything. So mm-hmm. constellations mm-hmm. don't stay exactly where they were. So our dog days are different than their dog days. Wow. And right now they're roughly from like July 3rd to August 11th is what we see. You got it. You got it. You got it. it. (laughs) But in the far, far future, far, far future, they won't even be in summer. Like the constellation will shift so much that it will be in the middle of winter that we're having the dog days. Whoa. But that's That's millennium for now. That's crazy to think about because obviously it has to go through fall to get to the winter, but it's wild to think that's like eventual. Yes, we're not seeing those dogs in the summer anymore. But isn't that so cool? That is very cool. I had no it's idea. From stars. No stars. They do something to you. I feel like I need to mark it on my calendar, like July 3rd to August 11th. It's officially the dog days. We're in it. 
we're here. We should. <laughs> we got to make a note of it. <laughs> All righty. Okay. We're going back onto the animal track. Nice. And we have raining cats and dogs. And let me tell you, here in LA, it was raining cats and dogs. And that's what inspired mm. me to pick this. Mm. So raining cats and dogs obviously means it's raining like crazy, torrential mm-hmm. downpour. Mm-hmm crazy but for the life of me i really don't know why we say cats and dogs it's is it because like again they're just so many cats and dogs that it's just like a sheer numbers thing is that it yeah yeah yep okay do you want me to tell you do you want me to tell yeah you? yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay there's kind of a lot of mm-hmm. different like information but we'll dive in so back in 1651, again, these old timers, like, I know there was a collection of poems and there was a poem called Olar Isconsis. And he was a British poet, um, a guy named Henry. And he was referred to a roof that was secure against dogs and cats rained in the shower, in the shower. So like, that's what he said. And apparently they're like, this roof is awesome. It can basically take on all these heavy Wait, rain. It's roof? like what we think. Yeah. The roof. It's like the definition of what we think means dogs and cats, like that heavy downpour. And so when he heard that phrase, because they were like, oh yeah, like it's gonna, you know, this roof is so good. secured. Oh, wow. The dogs and cats. He was like, oh my God, that's so funny. And so he, there was one year later, it was written in a play. And apparently in the play, it said, it shall rain dogs and cats. And so that's where like, it kind of started to become popular based on the meaning that we know. And you're telling me, you're telling me the start as like an ad? Kind of. Yeah. For a roof. Well, for in terms of like the meaning that we know, right? But not like its origin story. Oh, okay. but that's okay. where it, it got okay. started. Yep, 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 yep. But then um, back in the old days, there was a god of storms, and his name was Odin, and he was often pictured with dogs and wolves, which were the symbol of wind. And then there were apparently witches who, you know, ride their brooms during storms, you know, Harry Potter, and (laughs) were often pictured with the black cats. So this became like a sign of heavy rain for sailors. Therefore, raining cats and dogs was referring to a storm with wind, aka the dog, like because that god, its mascot was the dogs. And then the heavy rains was the cat from the witches. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And then also, too, I thought this was cool. So cats and dogs may come from the Greek expression katadoxa, which means contrary to experience or belief. So Mm -hmm. if it's raining cats and dogs, it is raining unusually or unbelievably hard. So it almost mm. has like this double meaning, if you were, if you will. And there's also another thing in Latin. There's a word called catadupa, and it refers to um, waterfall. So like saying it's raining cats and dogs can also mean it could be tied to like raining waterfalls. So like that's where we get the heaviness. Wow. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So wind god and witches, witches come together. 
the dog and the cats come together. Wow. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. Yep. That's one that I really couldn't piece together. I'm like, I don't know why we have that. And that's, I have no why? inkling. So I'm glad that you clarified yeah. that for us. Of course. Of course. Just doing, you know, everybody a favor. <laughs> the Lord's work. <laughs> the Lord's work. <laughs> Okay, my next one is face the music. Ooh, okay, okay. So basically it means you're ready to confront something. Mm. Like it's time to wake up and face the music. You gotta just hit it hard with whatever you need to confront. But face the music, I wonder, okay, like origin wise, Mm -hmm. hmm, I wonder... I'm getting like battle scene. I'm getting oh. like, yeah, like it's like, we're going off to war and we need to face the music. You know how they have those drummers? Like you got to follow those drummers because it is battle time. <laughs> Alina Marie, look at you. Am I right? That is one of the theories. I'm so good. I'm so good. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding, dong. Um, <laughs> I've never thought about it. It just put me on the spot. I'm so, <laughs> so great. Uh, so this is one of the ones that has many different theories just because they don't know exactly how it came about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Like it means that you have to accept responsibility for one's mostly negative actions like you don't really say mm-hmm. it in a good thing like you worked really hard mm-hmm. when you have to face the music and get your promotion like you don't say that it's right like, right it's right. like after something negative happens right so the first time it appeared written down was in 1834 in a new hampshire newspaper mm-hmm. and it's actually a new england like specifically a new england saying or it started off mm-hmm. here okay And it has no absolute known origin, but one of the theories is that it could have been referred to like stage performances. So Mm -hmm. actors would have to literally face the music by going onto stage and facing the pit. So you might be having like stage fright and they're like, you gotta go face the music. Like you gotta go out there and face the music. Yeah. So that's theory number one. Theory number two is similar to what you were saying, because they think that it could also stem from soldiers marching into battle during the 19th century, mm-hmm. since many armies had musicians going into battle. Mm-hmm. So when the soldiers are going out onto the field, they're literally facing their enemy's music. Yes. Okay. That's what I was picturing. A little drummer boy coming out. <laughs> yes. But then there's another one that spurs off of that theory. And it could actually come from when disgraced officers were drummed out of their regiment. Oh. So apparently this was like a tradition back in historical military procedures that if you had a dishonorable discharge, Uh you were drumming out. Like that was the saying, drumming out. American Civil War officers drummed out of service, might have had their heads shaved, their uniforms stripped of insignias, and be paraded in front of their comrades. Like, how embarrassing. And they're walking to the beat of this tune. And yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Fellow officers were forbidden to touch the person. 
but more than uh, more often, or I shouldn't say more often than not, but there was more than just one case of after the war ended, these Mm -hmm. officers that were dishonorably discharged, they were found dead because like their comrades came home and killed them for like, I don't know, abandoning or doing whatever they did to get kicked out of the military. Yeah. But uh, when someone was being drummed out, they would be, the tune would be to Rogue's March. Rogue's March was the tune. And so I was like picturing, okay, Rogue's March. I'm picturing like the taps, you know, like very somber. Like it's just a drum and it's like so disheartening. A disheartening tune because you are leaving your comrades. I looked up this tune and I thought I made a mistake. What do you mean? It was so upbeat. Maybe it's kind of like the saints go marching in. Like it's actually a very sad song. But it's like, well, yeah <laughs> but then it's like you kind of listen to the lyrics and you're like okay maybe it's a little bit I'm sadder getting tricked. Than... yeah it was extremely upbeat and i was like is this a different version and i every version i heard of the song was the same tune and it was surprisingly upbeat so it, i don't know if that's like extra humiliation because you're walking out with a yeah. shaved head and then there's like this pep yeah. in the music i don't really right. know <laughs> But um, very odd. Very, very odd. That is odd. It's also a lot darker than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does have that negative connotation. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. So like I said, I kind of went down an animal route. Mm -hmm. And this one, there wasn't a lot of information. It was very to the point. So the phrase is straight from the horse's mouth. So this means it's from the source. Like it's the yes. truth from the source. Yes, yes. And like, where do you think that came from? Um, <laughs> I don't know why they chose a horse. Or maybe is it because like horses would deliver messages? So it Ooh. came straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like a golden retriever, but like a dog. Like almost... Pigeon. The message came almost as if the horse just spoke it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. I like where you're going. <laughs> but unfortunately, that's not the final answer. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> the, the, real, the real reason is it became popular in the 1920s. And it comes from the practice of examining a horse's teeth to determine its age for horse races. Oh. So back in the day, if anybody was trying to cheat or um, really wanted to be able to analyze essentially like how a horse would perform, who to bet on, they could go. Because I think in a lot of horse shows, you can actually like walk up. Well, maybe not the crowd anymore, but like in theory, you could walk mm. up to the horse and like really examine it and like the teeth would be able to tell you, is this young? Is this old? And it would give you that direct answer. So it's straight from the horse's mouth. And it made me think of Peaky Blinders. Mm. (laughs) Where like people would try to swindle and all that. So being able to look into the horse's mouth, you're getting your answer. You know who to bet on. Interesting. Well, there's that also that other saying that's um, like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth or in the teeth there's something there like 
Oh something God. about like if you get if you're given a horse you got to look at their teeth because it's probably a very old horse that mm, don't trust it. it you gotcha know? gotcha so it's probably related to that then yes yes yeah 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 sounds, yeah sounds like it isn't that interesting that is interesting i i think i like my theory more but me too, um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> i i understand where that one came from <laughs> Okay, my last one is one that I, the outcome is something that I didn't picture at all. And I didn't even like picture the idiom in my head correctly my whole life. So I'm curious what you think of, but my last one is a chip on your shoulder. Okay. I feel, okay, what it means, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of like, I feel like it's an ego thing. Mm-hmm. Like you, and not to be confused, like you're a chip off the old block. <laughs> <laughs> no, different. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like an ego thing. Like you are, yeah, just that. Like that is like the personality. Like that's the vibe you're giving off and you're kind of like warning that person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the origin. Um, chip off the shoulder. On your shoulder. Or on your shoulder. I think, I don't know why, but I'm picturing a tree. It's like, it's like falling. You're, you're just. Alina like Marie, you, why are you reaching. so like, premonitions? Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> oh my God, did I get this right? It's like related. Oh my god, yeah. I'm like picturing like an apple tree. Like you're you're reaching and it's like, but you fall. You've fallen. <laughs> like you're not as cool as you think you are. You may reach your status. Okay, okay. See, when I pictured chip on your shoulder, I didn't picture like a physical thing on your shoulder. I pictured your shoulder had a chip in it, like they oh, cut like off at the corner dent? yeah uh-huh, like it was uh-huh. cut off in the corner and for some reason that made you like combative and egotistical and stuff <laughs> you got it got it got it yeah in my mind's eye that's what I pictured so this like threw me <laughs> for a loop <laughs> so you're related with your tree because one of the theories has to do with timber oh interesting So one of the earliest theories for this, and there's not a lot of evidence, so it's kind of a little bit rocky. A little funky. (laughs) A little rocky. But apparently the story goes that in the 1700s, the Royal Navy dockyards, they had shipwrights and those shipwrights or like those shipbuilders, they had entitlement to offcuts of lumber. So like at the end of the day, Mm. you're building a ship, you're building a ship all day long. And at the end of the day, you could like take some and swing it over your shoulder. And that was like part of your pay. And they called them chips, like whatever they put on their shoulder were chips. Later on, that tradition was going on for too long and like they weren't making enough money and it was too costly for the shipyard. So uh-huh. they decided to not let them take home any chips anymore. Huh. Okay. And this led to strikes and really combative people. And they would carry the chips on their shoulders as like an act of defiance. No, I'm still taking this home with me. 
Oh my God. So that's a storytelling um, uh-huh, uh-huh. theory, but there was there's not like any written records that this was like an actual thing that they were allowed to take off cuts and stuff. So it's yeah, a little bit rocky. Yeah. And the first written record of the saying didn't occur until a hundred years after this. So they're just kind of like, mm, I don't know if that's right. We love right, the story. Right. We love the idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the first record was a hundred years a hundred years later in the U.S. So now we're on American soil. Yeah, and it's the eighteen hundreds. And it was actually like, um, and this is like in newspapers and things. It's such a boy thing. It's such a boy mm. man thing because mm-hmm. when two confrontational and fighting boys would get at each other, they would often like use a chip and place it on their shoulder and be like, hey, I bet you can't get this chip off my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then they would fight and see if he could get the chip off the shoulder. Oh, okay. And there was a quote from 1830. And it says, he waylay me, said I, the mean sneaking fellow. I am only afraid that he will sue me for damages. Oh, if I could just get him to knock a chip off my shoulder and so get around the law, I would give him one of the soundest thrashings he ever had. Whoa. So typically the challenger, he would be anxious to prove his worth and avenge, you know, some wrong. He would deliberately Uh put a wood chip on his shoulder And then be like, hey, (laughs) try to take this off of me. And I thought this was kind of funny too. But if he wanted to really provoke his challenger, he would Uh like, he would display his bravery and content by brushing the cheek of the other person as he was putting it on his shoulder. Like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm just going to brush your cheek as I, yeah. And oh it's God. such like, it's such a boy thing, you know, like I can just such picture a, every high uh-huh. schooler boy be like, uh-huh. he looked at me wrong and now I'm, I'm asking for a fight, you know, like they're just yep. walking around, strutting around. Yep. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Yep. So that's where it comes from. Interesting. I feel like the second one with the like, you know, boys being boys, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's what I would have naturally thought, but not the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Alrighty. Last but not least, I couldn't get a lot of information on this, but let's talk about it. And (laughs) that is to be caught red handed. What does it mean? And like, what do you think? Like, where do you think it came from? You're caught guilty. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it means blood on your hands. There's no if, like, there's no way around it. You murdered because you have the bloody hands. Exactly. Exactly that. So that one, I guess, is a little bit easier. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks for saving it for last. <laughs> yes. That is exactly what the origin of the story, linking the red hands with like the victim's blood mm. and exactly what you mean or said what it means with just being caught, you know, you're guilty. So apparently it was originated back in the 15th century in Scotland. Whoa. And there was a whole court case about this. And what? there was, yeah, so somebody had murdered somebody. I tried like looking into the case, but somebody had murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. And during the case, or like not during the case, but like during the whole scene of the crime, yeah. if you will, the person who murdered them 
had blood on their hands. And so that's when it kind of became a pub, not to say published, because it's not like there were like a lot of books per se, but people came around, started talking about it. And it just caught on that he was caught red handed. And I feel like too, when you think about it back then, probably one, not a lot of people are murdering each other, but two, I feel like it's probably easy to get away with murder in a oh, sense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because no, it's not like you have the technology of today. So to be caught quote unquote red handed with the blood on your hands and for everybody to know you are guilty must've been a statement. You're done. It's over. Yeah. Yum done. Gets to go. So he was found guilty, of course. Of course. Of course. And yeah, I think that completes our idioms. But we have a full list. We didn't even get through, I think, half of it. So if you guys are listening to this episode and you really enjoyed it, want to learn some more, you know, weird, interesting idioms, we can definitely do a part two of this episode. Let us know. Yeah, or send us on Instagram ones that you've heard. I know there are some regional ones. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I have a friend whose father grew up in Pennsylvania, and there are some ones that she would say that I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to learn. Like, is this an idiom, like a national idiom or a mm. local idiom, or is this something my parents said? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, was this something we all? thought we was all like know. an idiom yeah or was this like one weird thing about me <laughs> yeah exactly. so maybe we'll put it on instagram and then we can you know filter through and see if any of them are valid <laughs> i love it yes so be sure to follow us on instagram at bare roots pod b-a-r-e and also be sure to uh, follow us on whatever streaming platform you listen to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Music, we are there. So until next time, uh, we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.